Hello, I'm Iswellen, and this is Iswellen Writes Stories for Adults. How are you this evening? So I wanted to read from one of my books. This is my first book, Choosing Her Alpha. Um, it is set in a dystopian kind of world. There are alphas, omegas, betas, and drones. In this world, think of it as our planet-ish. Hello, Sleepy. Think of it as our planet-ish, only um, our planet-ish, uh, a million years into the future, after we have gone through wars and plagues and famines, after we have been involved with aliens, after our technology has become highly advanced, and then everything went boom, and we started to have a population drain, um, a massive population drain, diseases started wiping out, um, making women infertile. There actually is um, a disease I was thinking of when I described that, that does cause women so much trouble. Um, and I call it cobweb womb in the books. Um, it's a disease that, so it starts making women infertile and they can't have children. And um, the government has already been messing with human DNA for quite a while in this, in this, this is just backstory right here for choosing her alpha and her broken alpha and my new book, new book that's coming out, her true alpha. So you have all this going on and um, the the humans who are now called drones have messed so much with DNA that they have created a whole nother race of humanity, a super race. They were super soldiers and then they messed with women because they were trying to save themselves. And in and they created the breed. You may have heard that term before. That is a nod to Laura Lay's books written in the early 2000s. She created the breed, who are a little bit, the, um, the premise is actually kind of the same. It is a nod to her. She is uh, was a groundbreaking and is a groundbreaking writer, and I got to interview her. I need to share that interview. So, I'm going to uh, be reading from chapter six from Choosing Her Alpha. And one reason I'm going to read with that is because I got to interview this really cool and interesting voice artist who I am going to ask to narrate possibly a um, the character Constantine Kane from this book. This is when um, Kane, I'm going to read chapter six, so it's where he is introduced, um, where the hero the uh, main character lead, late, leading lady meets him. She is, this is a book of extremes when it comes to fantasy. Okay, so there's age difference, but I was playing around with the idea of age difference and decided to make it just like catastrophically meaningless. <laughs> the alphas tend to live longer. They, um, well, alphas and omegas live a long time. Breed in general live a long time, but alphas have to learn self-control. They have to learn to make their instinct submit to their will. So they actually serve in the military for an extended period of time. And a mature, an alpha in this world is not mature until he is in his 60s or 70s. Because I'm playing with age difference. But women... 
the fem- women mature much faster, so much faster. In the in this book, Sasha is about nineteen, and part of their maturation um, process is that they go through cycles, and their cycles uh, are pretty dramatic. Um, their cycles can t- you go through a cycle, and it can take you from childhood to womanhood in a fairly dramatic fashion. Um, Sasha is 18, but she still physically is a child because she has not had her final maturation cycle. She is physically, she um, is a little bit pudgy. She's a little bit soft. She's 18 in her head. She's mature. She's actually been helping her, her trying to protect her people and, and um, run her family for years. She's um, a a young, not a selfish 18, but she's still 18. She's kind of naive. And she hasn't had that cycle that's going to change her into a woman. So most alphas, when they encounter her, they are seeing a 13, 12, 13 year old girl. This is her first encounter with him. She, however, in her brain, just because her body has not caught up, she is recognizing him as a, as a man. I wanted to play with these themes in this book. Some people liked it. Some people hated it. But um, I wanted to take that age difference, which is a trope. And I just rammed, a, I just stretched that thing out like a stretchy, what was that toy that we used to have where you could stretch it across the Armstrong? I don't know. But yeah. Um, thank you, Sleepy, for staying with me through all that. So I'm going to read from this. And one reason I wanted to read to it, I just said is... Um, the next podcast that I'm going to upload was um, an interview with uh, the handyman who is a voice artist. And I'm thinking about um, taking a piece from this book and adapting it so that he could narrate it first person. I'm also working on a special, really naughty, non-consent, consent um, uh, Dubcon kind of dark, dark romance piece for him to read, um, that will be on some website somewhere at some point in time. Okay. So I'm going to start. This is choosing her alpha chapter six. It's in Sasha's point of view. Sasha's grand plan and her ready arguments shriveled in fear that overwhelmed her the moment she stepped into the room with the Alpha, Constantine Kane, and his guest. She'd finally made it into the man's presence, only to recognize that she'd made the worst mistake of her life. You're not Mary, he said. His voice was low, a low masculine growl vibrating her bones, a dangerous wolf at her back. While all the alphas had that tone deep and powerful at any volume, Constantine Kane's voice was a distinct, life-altering experience. It was not a voice one dared say no to, ever. It was not a voice one wanted to hear when he was angry. It made her afraid. Nervous already, her hands trembling, Sasha stumbled over her answer. I'm not Mary. She was busy. This was true, and she was glad of it. A lie would have been impossible with this male. His aura chilled the room, a leashed threat. His self-assurance and power unlike any she'd encountered before. Sasha had helped Mary be busy 
so that she could answer the call to go to the conference room and clean up a little mess. It was the perfect opportunity, the one she'd been waiting for while hiding in the kitchens, acting useful. The household was busy enough that no one had the time to question an extra pair of helpful hands. Nothing had ever made her feel as weak and helpless as the apex predator growl of the alpha warlord at her back. He was wholly out of her experience range. His smell, his voice, his very presence made her tremble and rethink all her choices of the last three days. The reality smacking her in the face now made her physically ill. Who was this male? And by the rod, had she ever thought he was, how had she ever thought? Why had she ever thought he was the one to save her? She looked at the floor, cleaning, bu cleaning buckets dangling from her hands. She couldn't look up. She didn't want to see what monsters surrounded her. His presence robbed her of all her confidence and bravado. Why had she dared this? There was another man seated nearby, close enough to her that she could see the ornate hem of his administration robes out of the corner of her eye. He grunted impatiently. Clean that mess and get out. I can't stand the smell of blood and brains this early in the morning. Shit, Kane. I haven't even had breakfast yet. It's never too early to it's never too early to kill liars, Kane replied with a lazy drawl. Was he talking to her? Or that previous owner of the blood and brains? Sasha could feel the burn of his eyes on her as she lurched to the chair and wall where to her horror, a liar's head had been smashed like a melon. There was no corpse, but spattered and pooled blood, pulpy slime, and bits of skin stained everything in the area. She had grown up surrounded by casual, thoughtless violence. Merrick himself had taught her that many, the many ways that alphas reveled in savagery. This was something new. She had no idea this was the kind of mess Mary had been called to clean up. Was this routine? Did poor Mary have to drag soap and bleach up here every day to wash blood and guts off the walls and floors? Piss, shit, vomit, spills, fluids left over from sex, blood from bar fights. For the last two years, Sasha had been helping the drones of Dover's End deal with all of that. This was a brutality that she had never seen before. She couldn't process it. She was going to be sick. She was going to faint. She needed to run. Impulse after impulse bombarded her. Bombarded her. She forced herself to her knees beside the mess, the buckets clattering beside her. Soapy water spilled. She spilled more when she tried to seek out the brush in the nearest bucket. Where would she even start? She didn't want to touch it. More than just the sight of it, the lingering aroma, the traces of terror, the pain mixing with the smells of blood and body paralyzed her. She was prey. Prey for the sort of wolf who could do this. Prey didn't stick around and clean up messes by the wolves left over from their last meal. Prey ran. She didn't know what to do with this. She'd schemed and cheated her way here, sat set on pleading her case, but this was not the kind of help Sasha needed. This kind of violence was the very thing she was hoping to escape. The hell kind of servants you keep, Cain, the robed man grumbled. Definitely not, Mary, Cain said from somewhere behind her with a put-upon sigh. 
She heard a rustling just before a massive male hand too close, too near here, too close, dropped a red spotted cloth. Nothing in the world was going to make her turn and look at him when he felt like a towering giant at her back. Her mind sputtered, hold still, play dead, become invisible. She wasn't moving, but her body locked down, her breathing too rapid. She felt the heat at the back of her eyes. Tears, tears were ready to burst out of her already. Fearful eyes slid toward the bundle Kane had deposited beside her. It was a shirt and a towel, both saturated in blood. Constantine Kane had been a very active participant in the mess she had been called to clean up. She couldn't stop the sounds gurgling out of her mouth, couldn't make her body act like nothing was wrong. Everything in her life was falling apart. The life she promised her father she would lead was slipping from her fingers before it even started. Clean up the mess, she reminded herself. She needed to do this and get out. A third person walked into the room, large and heavy, if his footsteps were any indication. Sasha was now surrounded by dangerous masculinity and the scent of death. Three strange alphas. Their overwhelming aggression smell saturated the room, exposing their nature. They were nothing like the drones who came to her for help, that she easily coaxed into following her orders. Nothing like the betas who taunted her breed of status and ne but never dared touch her. Nothing like the few alphas she had encountered. She knew other alphas would consider Merrick young. And now she knew why. Trapped in this room with these strangers, she could compare Merrick to the three seasoned, mature males, their indomitable will, their leashed power, especially the man known as Constantine Kane. Next to Merrick, these main men were predators in their prime, and the other, a puppy still chewing on shoelaces. She'd made herself so vulnerable coming here. She felt like a rabbit surrounded by wolves. She couldn't do this. Take the girl to holding one, please. Kane sounded bored. He knew she wasn't Mary, obviously. But what was he thinking? Was this her end? Has she risked everything to come here to be found one minute? The, found out the minute she rocked into the room? The heat behind her eyes leaked out, spilling down her cheeks. Those evil, treacherous tears were quickly followed by racking sobs. Hands clamped down on her shoulders, lifting her as easily as if she were a child's toy. Her legs were weak, vision blurred by her tears. She didn't dare lift her head, and she couldn't move for the fear. As though he'd realized asking her to walk would be a fool's errand, Sasha found herself tossed over a man's shoulder like a sack of potatoes. You never fail to entertain a guest, Kane, the administrator's voice dripped with condescension. And send the right Mary this time, Kane said. Holding one turned out to be a concrete room with a big drain in the floor and chains hanging from bars too high for, so for Sasha to reach a torture chamber. Kane's man said not a word to Sasha. He did exactly as he'd been told. He put her in the room, then closed and locked the door. He could have tried to touch her, rape her, made disgusting remarks and vile threats. Instead, he obeyed his orders like a well-trained soldier, and that filled her with more fear than if he had not. What kind of male was Constantine Kane that other alphas obeyed him without question? the kind of alpha warlord she hadn't even been able to look at.
Sasha always thought herself strong. She thought she was a fighter. Merrick always called her a defiant little bitch who didn't know her place in the world. But even when he treated her with so much misery, she always felt like she would survive somehow. She was sure of it. But now... Constantine Kane was a murderer unlike any male Sasha had ever encountered. She didn't know how he was going to, she was going to convince someone like that to help her. It seemed a reasonable plan up until she walked into his office and was directed to clean up brain matter. So much blood. But it was on him as well. He'd been changing his clothes. That had been his shirt, his towel. Had he done that damage with his bare hands? She hadn't even lifted her head, but she had felt his presence like a massive block of ice at her back. Merrick and Mara would be back, had backed her into a corner, and in her desperation, she had made the worst possible choice. She acted impulsively. And now she felt stupid. She couldn't stop crying. She hadn't wept this much much since her dad's death. Hadn't wept at all since that night. Tears ran down her face to her chin. Uncontrollable sobs burned up from her chest, waves of emotion that refused to stop. Her face felt hot and puffy. Snot and smit covered everything. Sasha was still weeping at the unfairness of it all when the door opened and the alpha she had come to see entered the room. He approached with a trilly refrigerated plastic air against her skin. The male emanated a frozen, indifferent self-control. She couldn't look up. Still couldn't face him. All right, not Mary, he grumbled. She jerked as if he'd set his fingers between her shoulder blades and touched her. You are just a child, aren't you? Why does a child trick her way onto my staff and get herself in a position to come into my office and see me? She wasn't sure he expected an answer to the question. He said it in a thoughtful way, as if she were a puzzle and he couldn't begin to guess where to position the first piece. Come then, he nudged her foot with his giant he nudged her hip with his giant foot. Sasha gulped for air, choking on her own words before she could get them out. She knew she sounded ridiculous, but she couldn't stop the racking sobs of defeat. Certain now that she would never survive this, she let despair take her over. She might as well give in, be a weak, pathetic thing. At least she would die knowing neither her mother nor Merrick could claim the thrill of being the ones to kill her. The Alpha Warlord made an impatient sound. Sasha flinched as if he struck her. When he growled, she felt it sizzle through her entire body, and she couldn't stop the wretched moaning that came from her mouth. Was he going to squeeze her head like a grape, just pop, and then brain matter everywhere? When his arms came around her, lifting her against the sculpted wall of his chest, she shrieked in surprise. The contrast to his frigid presence, his body was hot where it touched hers. Stop that. He gave her a light swat on her bottom and then settled her like a baby in his arms. It didn't hurt, but she was surprised and squealed again. Firm and hard, he barked, no, and gave her another swat. Sasha whimpered between cries, sorry, sorry, I don't, sorry. He took her out of the holding room, out of the torture chamber, upstairs and down the hall to a place saturated with, the gin- with his ginger and musk smell. She found herself still in his arms, but now also in his lap. Seated in a wide, comfortable armchair next to a high table with stacks of books, 
a data console, papers, data sticks, and a plate piled with food. And that is all I'm going to read from that. Thank you guys so much for hanging out while I read the whole chapter and, uh, well, not the whole chapter, most of the chapter. So that is a piece from Choosing Her Alpha. Thank you very much for sharing the show, Penguin. Um, hello again, Dante. Thank you, Sleepy, for joining me. So um, I, uh, yeah, that was from one of my books. Um, I'm going to load a show up. Uh, that uh, with a voice, with a voice actor who I would like to maybe narrate a special piece with Constantine Kane. And then the other thing I wanted to say, I have been talking to a lot of kinky and interesting people lately. And I was had an interview today with an author and where we were talking a little bit more about that aspects of the kinky community and dominance and submission. And I think I'm going to do a couple shows specifically for writers and readers, but on the difference of when you write um, dominant and submissive personalities and beta personalities and what that means when you're writing it, what those characters look like and what that looks like in the real world. Uh, uh, where does fantasy and reality meet the line? Where does fantasy and reality meet the line in kink play? Uh, so yeah, I want to do a few shows on that uh, since I have met so many wonderful people on Twitter and um, just on TikTok now. Finally, I've actually met some people and gotten them to talk to me on TikTok. Um, now that I have met some people and I have no more people that I can interview, um, I am really excited about being bringing that to authors who like to write either BDSM or fantasy BDSM or Omegaverse or just that type of trope of, um, you know, the strong. It's really, okay, let's just be honest. Going all the way back to Jane Eyre. Air. I mean, seriously, people, bodice rippers have been around forever. And that personality type, that dynamic, no matter how sassy or rebellious, because you've got the brat, she was, has been around forever. <laughs> and I just want to talk about it more. I just want to explore those themes and what they mean versus reality. So that's coming up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out and listening with me. Um, subscribe, share, all the stuff. Hey, Crimson. Hey, Sleepy. Hey, uh, Dante. And hello, Aspida. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Um, yeah. Have a great evening. And the next one I upload will probably be a recording. <sighs> Actually, it'll be this recording because I'm just going to turn this around and upload this. I hope you guys um, enjoy my storytelling. I know it's kind of sloppy, <laughs> but um, I'm always so happy when people turn in. I'm just a woman who stole her son's microphone. <laughs> now I get to talk about people about everything. <laughs> talk to people about everything. <laughs>